0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon and happy Sunday. So glad that you're spending time listening to this show. And if you are listening to one of the podcasts or off the website at cynthiahyatt.com, I'm so glad that you joined us and so glad that you are taking time to really improve the life that God has for you and to get the best out of it and to be obviously your own best version. So we're really focusing this entire month. On really how to set up this new year to be the best year ever. And again, I remind you, that doesn't mean it's the best in comparison to all the previous years. It means that we're gonna make sure that 2020 is the best year it can possibly be. So we want the most out of this year. And we wanna make sure that we learn whatever it is that God has for us to learn so that we don't have to relearn it next year, right? So are you ready for the best year ever? Well, if you've been listening to the show, you know that we're doing about six different things to really set up to have that best year and how we do that. And the first one was, remember, it's God's will, God's way, and it's a position of intention. So we really set ourselves up to be intentional, that we don't let life happen to us, that we do our own life and we own our own life. And, and as we move forward, we remember that we're going to bring this year to a close, that 2019 is over. It's dead. And just like we don't go to the graveyard and, and dig people back up, we let it lie. We let it lie. It's over. And God's doing new things, right? So as we look to that particular issue, the new thing that God is doing, we want to make sure that we're really participating in that. And so we seek we ask, and we believe. And so God has afforded us this new year. So if he's given you another year, you want to really embrace it and own it as much as he does. See, he hasn't abandoned this year just as he hasn't abandoned any of the years prior. He's been with us every step of the way since the beginning of time. And we have that wonderful verse that I love. It's Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And this is the New International Version. And it says to us, forget the former things don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That means he's making a way for us that has never been before. And he's making sure that, he, that we have what we need as we are walking through a fallen world. And this is really important for us as we really begin to trust God with all that we have. So we remind ourselves that when we're doing this new thing, that the new beginning is not just a redo, right? It's a reset. So the redos, sometimes God gives us redos, and I'm, I'm thankful that he has given some of them to me, and I do get to redo some things. But I also want to make sure that if I'm afforded a redo, that I reset it as well, so that I don't have to ask for another redo, right? So God's the only one that can actually give you a new beginning. And it really is more than just a redo. It's even more than a reset. It's more than a second chance. God gives a new thing. So every year, he's giving us another opportunity To be who he has asked us to be. To learn to be the best version that we could ever be for him. And to embrace the life that he has given us. So when God gives us a new thing, a new year, it's something that's never happened before. It's not a remake. It's not an updated version. See, he actually gives a brand new thing. And we want to embrace that. We don't want to fall into the rut of here we go again, it's another January, and you know, for those of us in Phoenix here, it's another summer, right, that we're really recognizing that everything that happens every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. So when we look at the word new, I want you to think about what, what it really means is that it's never existed before, it's never been made. It's never been introduced. It's never even been discovered. And so it is now for the first time. That's what that word really means. And it's synonymous with original, fresh, imaginative, creative, experimental, right? Up to date, newfangled, right? (laughs) I mean, I love this. And so it's opposite of old or things that are already existing or old-fashioned, That's what you want to think about. When the word new is used by God, he really means brand new, never happening before. And this is really important for us to understand that that it's not previously used, it's never been owned before, it's not secondhand. It's like when we have a new baby, every human being is new. There's never been a repeat of you. You're a one time occurring person. You haven't existed before. And so this is why new things are unfamiliar or strange. It's it's like we want to say, wow, this is a way of living that's new to me. I, I have never done this before. Right? I have some new assistance. I have some new help. I have some new problems. Now, this is in addition to many things that travel into this new year with us. But we're wanting to make sure that whatever travels into the new year, we are also seeing as new. So that if it's traveling from last year or from 10 years ago, we really are doing and redoing those things so they are made new in this year. So let's look at this passage in in Isaiah 43 again. And let's look at it in the message translation, which is a little more prolific. And it's a little bit more expansive, and I love that. And it's a little bit more dramatic. So it says, this is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean. Now, didn't he do that for the Israelites, right? He builds a road right through the ocean. He carves a path through pounding waves. This is the God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and then can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. This is God saying, I can get rid of things to the point that it's as if it never existed. So this is what God does oftentimes in my office with clients. There's pain that finally is completely snuffed out. The memory of the event is there. The facts remain that it occurred. But the pain is completely gone. And God can do that. So, this is what this is super important. So, He says they're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm doing a brand new thing, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the Badlands. Wild animals will say thank you. The coyotes and the buzzards, because I provided water in the desert. He says, Wild animals will say thank you. So wild things will recognize the goodness of God. And he says, It's because I provided water in the, in the desert and rivers through the sun-baked earth. Now, isn't that prolific for us to really think about how powerful it is that we live in the desert and God is saying, I'm providing water? To a sun-baked earth. Well, how many of you feel like your heart feels baked, sun-baked, scorched, dead, vacuous? And God says, listen, I'm bringing water to the desert, rivers. That's abundance. And he says, drinking water for the people I choose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me. So this is one of the most important lines I want you to think about. A people custom made to praise me. Think about how odd it is when we see things that are not acting as if they are in their natural form. And we're saying, that's odd. That's not what they usually do. Or that's not what a cat acts like or a dog acts like. Or that's weird that plant is doing that. Or my car is acting up. That's not what it generally does. So God is saying, I've made people especially for myself, and they are custom-made to praise me. And so when we know that this is how we are made to praise, what we see in our society is how many things we are very willing to praise and go bananas over. If you've ever been to an NFL football game, these people are bananas over their team, right? Well, that has everything to do with the fact it's natural for people to praise, so we want to make sure that we are praising the one that actually deserves all that praise. And I'm not saying that we don't praise things that we love and, and adore and get involved in. But we want to make sure that we're not withholding praise from the one that actually created the ability to do it. Right? So this is really, really important. Uh, and, I, and I have really kind of researched this verse. And we're going to talk more about it in this next segment. But this is about Eleazar. And he was, was the, um, the servant to, to Abraham. And he was asked to go find this, this wonderful bride, right? And to find the answer that Abraham was needing. So he sent Eleazar to, you know, out into the desert, out into this foreign land to find out, you know, and come back to him with this wonderful bride. And so we see in this verse, I I think it's really, really fascinating. It's 1422. It's Isaiah 1422. And it says, and he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. And he says, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brothers. So Eleazar is is humble enough to say, look, I'm the one that's getting in the way of God. But even in spite of me, God brought me to the very place I was supposed to be so that I could find and retrieve for my master what he sent me out to do. So we need to understand that God just wants us to start walking. He wants us just to start doing. We may not know the right way to do it. We We may not be good at it. We may not be good at, at at taking hold of that new thing that God is giving to us. And we may be very um, inept at managing it. But this wonderful servant of Abraham said, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brothers. So God will always find a way. He will always get a way. He will always make a way. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this new beginning that God is doing for us in this year. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. Happy New Year. And we are really taking this entire month to work on how we can have the best year ever. And I always want to remind you that doesn't mean that we are making it better than the years before, but we are really making sure that 2020 is the best year that it has the potential to be. And we don't want to get in the way of that. And so we are really focusing this show on God doing new things in this new year, and we want to perceive them. And that's Isaiah chapter 43, 18 through 19 that we are not dwelling on the past, and we are seeing the new things that God is doing, and we are taking hold of those new things. And we are letting God make ways that have never been made for us before, opening doors for us that have never been opened, helping us to walk through things we never dreamed we could walk through, and achieve things we have never been able to do in past years. And that may be overcoming... Our own insecurities, our own struggles, our own whatever it may be. Maybe we have illnesses, addictions, we have trauma, we have bad habits, whatever it may be, that we've never been able to overcome, to have a new way. And God is going to give that to us in this year. And so I was reading to you about this wonderful, this wonderful person that was Abraham's trusted servant. And he was being asked to go to his brother's homes to procure this wonderful bride. And I did give you the wrong verse. It's actually Genesis. And it's um, the verse is actually, let me see if I can find it again, because I just had it here for you. And I gave you the wrong call number. And so it is Genesis 24, verse 27. And the reason that I loved this verse is because it really gives some understanding of, of humans and how difficult God has when, it, when he's trying to work with mistake-making people that are struggling. And okay. so the struggle here, we see with Eleazar, and he says in the Darby, this is the, the Bible translation from the Darby Bible, he says, "'Blessed be Jehovah, God of my master Abraham, who has not withdrawn his loving kindness and his faithfulness from my master.'" He says, I, being in the way, Jehovah has led me to the house of my master's brethren. So Eleazar is saying, you know, I've got this great person that, that I revere, that has asked me to do something. And God, you have not withheld anything good from my master. And you know me, and you know that my master has sent me, and I have a tendency to get in the way. Now, I don't know if that rings true to you, As it does to me. But Jesus is my master, God is my father, God Jehovah. And I can get in the way of my master, which is Jesus. I think I'm helping, right? (laughs) Or or I'm not getting the importance of something, or I'm dodging something, or I'm saying, oh, maybe I couldn't do that later or tomorrow. So I can relate to Eleazar. And I love the fact that Eleazar is humble enough to say, you know, I got this great master that I really want to serve well. But, you know, I get in the way. And I'm so thankful that Jehovah has helped me to find my way. So God is going to help us find our way in this new year. And I want you to focus on that. that, that Eleazar, he's saying so humbly and so truthfully, look, me, I'm the one that's getting in the way. But Jehovah, the God of Israel, The everlasting King of Kings has led me to where I need to go. And we can trust that. So as we continue to look at this whole idea of the best year ever, I want you to look at this verse as well. This is Isaiah 50, verse 2. And it says, this is God being very rhetorical. And he says, why is no one there when I arrived? Why did no one answer when I called? Is my hand too short to redeem you, or do I lack the strength to deliver you? Behold, my rebuke dries up the sea. I turn the rivers into a desert. The fish rot for lack of water, and they die of thirst. So what God is saying here is, why is nobody believing in me? Why was no one there? Why Why? why did nobody answer when I called? Why is nobody in... in working with me while I'm doing this new year. This is what he's saying to us. He's saying, do I lack the strength to deliver you? This is what I can do. I can dry up the sea. I can turn the desert into a river. I can turn the rivers into a desert. And I can do it so well that the fish rot for lack of water and die of thirst. He's saying, this is what I can do. Why are you not showing up? When I've asked you and called you, why did you not hear me? And so God is saying, show up in 2020. I've arrived. I'm here in this year. Where are you? Why are you not answering me when I call you? Why are you not believing in the things that I can do? Do you think my hand is too short to redeem you? No. You think I lack the strength to deliver you in this year? So we want to really make sure that we are understanding what God is saying to us. And so this is when, when we really focus on this whole idea, when God is saying to us, we are doing a new thing. And do you not perceive it? So when we think about this and we, and we really understand that part of that new thing was really started with bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed, Because God made time and seasons for a reason, and he knew that we needed new beginnings. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I love that. I, I love the book of Ecclesiastes, and it says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build. And it goes on to say there's a time for everything. And so we see, we mentioned earlier, that we get these mini-seasons every time we go to bed and we rise for a new day. It's a new time. It's a new season. And we appreciate being afforded new beginnings. And so when God is saying, hey, I'm doing a new thing, do you not perceive it? Every single day is a new day. And it's extremely important to see... That how important it is to position the past in the past so that we actually can capture that new thing that God is doing and not taint it with the past. Because, see, God tells us, I'm putting your sin as far as the east is from the west, and I remember it no more. The only reason God even allows the ability for our brain to remember things is to learn. See, if, if you have no memory then it's Groundhog Day. Right? So God is saying, hey, listen, I'm doing a new thing. I want you to forget about the former things. And when he says forget, he's not saying pretend like they never happened. He's saying don't don't dwell on them. They're a reference point. Move on. Learn from it, forgive, and be renewed, and move on. The streams in the desert, the ways in the wasteland are waiting for you. He's making a way for you in this year. And so it's extremely important that when God says, I'm putting your sin as far as the east is from the west, and I don't remember it, that we practice that. Now listen, that's a tough one for me. I'm good at beating myself up. And I have to know that God is not in any of that. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to look at new beginnings and walking into new things. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you again so much for taking time out of your day to listen. And I really want to be blessing you in how we start this new year. And so we are spending the entire month on positioning ourselves for this new year and how we do that. And so the third thing that we talked about in this list of six is that we are creating new beginnings for ourselves And we are asking God for the new things that he has. And we are, as we talked in the last segment, saying, forget the former things don't dwell in the past, even if they're great. You know, you may know people that kind of live in the past, like, you know, the 90s or beginning of 2000 or the 80s or the 60s or whatever. That That was their decade. That was their best time. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad that there's a lot of good things that have happened in my life at different points. But God is actually saying, you know what, they're dead. They're dead. They're memories. And the only reason He allows us memory is to learn. You know, and I said in this last segment, if if you don't have any memory, then you have Groundhog Day every day. Every day is a brand new day with no memory from the past. You have to repeat everything. So we want to make sure that we are letting God create those new beginnings and we are not getting in his way. As we talked about that verse in, in Genesis uh, twenty four twenty seven, that talked about Eleazar who said, I, being the one that gets in my master's way, gets in God's way, right? So we don't want to get in God's way. So this really means that I don't fight with God. Now, I know it sounds ridiculous intellectually. But every single person that's ever done anything for God, you read all through the Bible, any of the, the people that we have had in the past that have been great patriarchs that we love to follow, they have all fought with God. And it is kind of silly to be fighting with God. But we do. And so what this means is I practice a step of faith, and I believe that God has good things for me. And I move forward because, you know, God can't steer a parked car. So I need to do something, even if it's wrong. And I know that sounds weird, but if you just move, it can at least be corrected. If you do nothing, that's the biggest mistake that you could make. So even if it's a mistake, remembering, when we talked about that, that uh, show on unleashing your potential and the idea of potential energy, we have to at least get some inertia and move forward. So even if it's not perfect or correct, God can at least work with you if you're moving forward. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Now, I know that you know, we have a tendency to think, well, You know, if I'm born again, if I've been a Christian for whatever my whole entire life, that doesn't mean that God isn't saying that that new creation has come. He's working with your new creation, even if it doesn't look new. Even if you're acting in old ways. He's saying to us, listen, the old is gone. The new is here. So even if I make mistakes that are similar to my past, they're still new because they're happening today. So God is saying, what can you learn from that? What can you learn? How can I heal you from repetitive sin? And that's a tough one. But the nice thing is God has the energy for it. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary. And that's important for you to know. But even if you're doing Groundhog Day, which all of us have different versions of Groundhog Day, we keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping to get a different result. And it's insane. And we do it anyways. God still says to us, it's okay. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. And he says to me, Cynthia, I'm doing a new thing, even if you're not. I'm doing a new thing. And that's the God that we serve. That's our best friend. He's always on our side, even when we're not. He doesn't abandon us, even if we abandon ourselves. So we can depend on that. And we can know that I am a new creation every day I wake up. It's a new thing. It's a new day and a new time. And God wants me to take advantage of it. And he wants me to see it. So think about this. And how important. Now, I'm not saying that we vilify, you know, resolutions, and we've talked about that. But we really remember that we are doing vision setting. That's what we're doing. So every day, we set our sights on that vision. Imagine if Columbus gave up, right? If he just gave up, lost sight of his vision. He was seen as insane and crazy, So it's important for us to say, you know, I can't lose sight of the vision because if I do and I ignore it and walk away from it, God can't show me the new things that he's doing and create that new beginning and that new future for me. This is Cynthia Hyde with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we really talk more about the best year ever. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And I think I mentioned in last week's show that we are working on doing a new thing this year. Indicative of the show that I'm doing currently, right? A new thing. And that is um, offering these as small group um, curriculum. So that if you want to do a small group with your friends, with whoever... Have neighbors over, you can listen to the show, and I can provide you with you know, a, a script of the show and maybe some questions that you might want to ask the group that you can give some, that can create some discussion time. So if you're wanting to do that, you can always contact me at cynthiahyatt at gmail.com. You can also contact me through the website at cynthiahyatt.com and let me know if you're interested in doing something like that, and we'll make that happen for you. Okay? So we are talking about this best year ever. And the the third thing that we are really working on is making sure that we are allowing for new beginnings. And we are asking God to do those new things that he has for us and that we perceive the new things that he has destined for us to do and the new things that he's going to do on our behalf. So that could be healing. That could be healing a relationship. That could be helping us with negative or destructive habits that we have that could be helping us with any kind of emotional, psychological things, lack of confidence, um, uncertainty, um, unwillingness to maybe uh, capture our day and maybe really define our day and make that day something that is salient and planned instead of falling into idle time, which is hard for us as Americans. And so these are the new things that God can do for us in this new year. What is he asking for us? And what is he asking from us so that he can actually give us the things he wants us to have and to be able to do? So we have several verses that help us intentionally position our hearts and minds to allow for those new beginnings, for that new future, for the real future that God has for us, not the one that we have constructed, and not one that is of the past so, as we've seen the need for seasons and for time, we see the need to allow the past to be in the past. Let it be. Let it be. It really, frankly, doesn't want to be resurrected. And that, like I said earlier in the show, it's kind of like we don't go dig up people after we have buried them. We let them be. We let them lie. We let them pass to their next new beginning, the afterlife, Right? So we need to let those seasons really be in the past. And this way, we experience new mercies for ourselves, for others, as we accept God's grace and forgiveness. And we use that as a new way to experience the new year God has afforded us. So as we look toward the future that God has for us, we look forward forward with anticipation and excitement. So I want you to think about what is getting in the way of the new things that God is creating for you or has created, has destined for you. What are you doing to get in the way of God's plans, right? So it's kind of like a father that has all these wonderful good things for a kid, but the child never comes and talks to the father, so he never can even give those things to the child because he never shows up. Or what if that child is... is, you know, engaging in a whole bunch of negative behaviors that the father has to continually really work on those negative behaviors and doesn't even have time to offer the new things or the wonderful things that he would like to bestow on that child. So think about this. This is God's heart. This is Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 out of the Message Bible. And it says, he went on to say, no one cuts cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want new fabrics that match. You don't put wine in cracked bottles. So this verse is saying, you know, what are you thinking? You're, you're patching up new things with old things. And he's saying, you know, you're putting really beautiful new wine into old wineskins that are going to actually ruin the wine and you're going to lose the wine. It's going to fall, fall through the cracks. So what am I afraid of? What are some old wineskins for me? Failing? Am I afraid of failing? Do I have pain when I haven't known how to tolerate it? Do I have emotional pain, physical pain? Do I have pain about failures that I've had? Are hurts getting in the way? Do I not want to do hard work? Do I want things to come easy for me? Am I easily discouraged? Am I worried about disapproval? Am I worried about judgment? Am I not having confidence in myself? So what are my old ways of thinking? See, when God says, do you not perceive the new thing I'm doing? What am I not perceiving? So what is getting in the way of my perception? Could it be false beliefs? Like I'm too old? I'm not smart enough? Am I letting my past failures define me? Am I struggling with the same sin that I can't seem to overcome and I'm falling into condemnation all the time and I quit? I want to quit. So what are my old wineskins? Habits? Lifestyles? Judgments? Unforgiveness? Fear? Right? Legalism? What might it be? So think about that Isaiah 43 verse that says, forget the former things don't dwell on the past. They don't define you unless you let them. Because God's doing a new thing and he wants you to perceive it. And he says, I'm making a way. I'm making a way. And Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 through 13, I love this verse. He says, I know the plans I have for you. He says, my plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And see, I love that passage because that's God saying, when he says, I'm giving you hope and a future to prosper you, not to harm you. He's saying, I'm not setting you up for failure. I want you to have confidence. You may not understand the new thing I'm asking you to do. It may seem really scary. It may seem absolutely incomprehensible. Insurmountable. You may have tried so many times and felt like you failed so many times that you quit, and God is saying, Hey, I still have hope in a future for you. And then He says, When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'm going to listen to you. When you seek me, you're going to find me. When you seek me with all your heart. God wants to be found. In Ephesians chapter 2.10, he says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that verse. He's saying, hey, you're my handiwork, and I created you to do good things, and I have prepared them in advance for you. So when you seek me, when you find me, you're going to find those things I created you to do. And it goes on to say, in the Message Bible, chapter 30, verses 18 through 22, it says, But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right. Everything. And those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. I love that. Let's let God show up. Let's look for him. He says he's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. He's not finished with our world yet. And he's waiting to be gracious to us if we show up. He says he's gathering strength. Can you imagine? We know how strong God is. That he's actually gathering more strength to show so much mercy on us. Mercy. Mercy. And he says he takes the time to do everything right. Everything. I love that. So he's going to take his time with you. You might want to race it forward. I do. I, I'm, I can be kind of impatient sometimes. But I am very comforted in knowing that God's going to do everything right by me. Everything. In spite of me. And if I'm going to wait around, if I'm willing to get with God's timing, I'm considered one of the lucky ones. So let's look at Luke verse 11 and 9. It says, "So I say to you? Ask. It will be given to you. Seek. You will find. Knock. The door will be opened to you. So what does that say to us? In, in allowing new beginnings to occur, and taking hold of new beginnings, we have to do something. We can't just wait to see if a new beginning occurs. He's saying, ask. Ask for the new beginning. Seek it. You're going to find it. Knock on the door. Walk through the door of that beginning. Because it says, everyone who asks receives. The one who seek will find, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. These are really, really important verses. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, he says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit's a beautiful, probably the best gift God could ever give us. And God is saying, listen, you're imperfect people, and you want to give good things to your kids. Imagine how much I want to. I'm perfect. I made you. I died for you. I can be trusted. That's what God is saying. You know, one of the most beautiful things you can give someone is trust. To trust somebody, you know what it feels like to be trusted. And if someone doesn't trust you, it hurts. It's very personal. So, this is where we want to remember faith and belief are a mindset, they're a positioning of our heart. It's not always a feeling, it's a choice as how I think. This is how I allow myself. What do I allow myself to think on? To linger on? To ponder? And am I going to practice and look for all the ways that God is giving me future and a hope, right? How is God doing that for you today? We're still in January. So what has he shown you even in this short period of time of this year? That he's got good things for you. And he is in your future. He's that great travel guide, right? He's already gone before, and then he comes back to walk with you to that destination to make sure you get home. And that he fills it with beautiful things along that trip. So let's really make sure that we are positioning ourselves to have that hope, and future, because it's there, but we have to grasp it. We have to take hold of it. And that's one of the toughest things for us to do is to really believe and to trust, right? So let's think about this. What are the things that are getting in the way of me having new beginnings? What are you not perceiving? What are you telling yourself? What are those old wineskins that you keep going back to, that seem to have worked, or at least they worked enough to get you, I guess, to 2020, but they didn't actually allow you to thrive. So think about the difference between surviving and thriving. And thriving means that new things are occurring. If you have a plant that's thriving it looks at beautiful more and more every day. So if you have a rose bush, it's flowering. it's a thriving plant. If you have a rose bush that's not thriving, it's wilting, right? So ask yourself, what are the old things that are causing me to just stay in survival mode? So I'm just fighting with the world, I'm fighting with myself, or I'm running away from things, right? or I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing. I'm fighting. I'm fearful. What am I doing? You have a great year for you. God has a great year for you. And I want you to take hold of it. I want you to love it. I want you to be confident in it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you look at the podcast, listen to the podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a blessed week.